Welcome back and thank you for listening to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I am your host, Leslie Regalado. And thank you so much for coming back on. This is episode two. And today I want to talk about who's responsible for my happiness, who is responsible for your happiness. And of course, the right answer, ding, 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 is me, of course. I am responsible for my happiness. You, you are responsible for your happiness. Not your mom, not your dad, boyfriend, best friend, partner, husband, wife, kids, etc. No one else, absolutely no one is responsible for your happiness. That responsibility lies on me. It lies on you. And there's so much power in that truth. Seriously, once we understand the power that we have in accepting the responsibility that our happiness is our job, I feel like, you know, we could really truly be happy and there's going to be no excuses. There's going to be no reason for us not to be. So my question is, have you ever looked outside of you for happiness? Whether it was in how popular you were, you know, during high school or you are during high school, if you're that age currently, whether it was to your parents, um, if you came from a broken home, possibly, you know, having their love made you happy when they showed you love, when they paid attention, um, your boyfriend, you know, happiness from the expectations that you put on that relationship, your partner, same thing. Um, And unfortunately, when we put that responsibility or when we look for happiness from other people, we are very often, if not always, very disappointed. So let's talk about looking to our partner, husband, wife, etc. to make us happy and why that's such a huge mistake. So we can look at other sources for our happiness, but today specifically, I want to talk about looking to our partner to make us happy and you know why that's such a mistake that we very often make first of all no one else as i mentioned before is responsible for our happiness but us period the end there is no no other person no other thing so when we think about relationships we know that they are complex they're messy they're stressful they're lonely and they're hard work i'll tell you from experience i've been married for 15 years If you uh, listened to the first episode, you would have heard that we've been married for 15 years. We, I don't remember if I mentioned this, but we dated for five years before that. So I've been in a relationship with my husband, Louis, for 20 years. Okay, that is just crazy when I say it out loud because that is half of my life that I've known him. I have basically known him longer than I haven't, which is kind of wild. So yes, hard work, you know, is part of any relationship, I feel. But they can also be very fun and engaging and loving and nurturing and so many more great things. The one thing we all expect from, I think, a lot of our relationships with a partner specifically is to have that person make us happy. And unfortunately, more and more, the common theme found in relationships is that 
Quote, if I'm not happy, I'm out, end quote. And sometimes getting out is necessary, but not always. Sometimes we just, it just requires a little bit more hard work on both ends or maybe just on, you know, our end. I guess what I would say is that just because you're unhappy or dissatisfied, it does not make your partner or your relationship in general responsible for your feelings. So let's think about this. When you make your happiness your partner's responsibility, you're asking a very flawed individual individual because we all are to be perfect in that one area of their life and that's crazy because when you think of someone else putting that huge responsibility on you personally I would freak out just a bit and that's a ton of pressure on your partner you're basically putting them on a pedestal of expectation And what that means is that you're setting your own hopes up to fail. Okay, anytime that we have expectations, I feel like we're always setting ourselves up for failure because like no one has promised that, no one has said they're going to do anything specific, but yet we're expecting it without any promises, without any real conversation. So when it doesn't happen, of course, you know, we're going to feel bad and sad and angry and all of those things. <laughs> so you're basically convincing yourself that your partner should always be the person to lift you up in times of need. But unfortunately, they won't always do that. And they're going to let you down. I mean, I'll be honest with my husband and I, I'm sure I've let him down tons of times. I'm sure, you know, he's let me down. I could think of a few right now. You know, it's that's normal. You know, there's no relationship that's perfect. There's no relationship that's always happy and beautiful and amazing. Maybe the first day of the relationship, the first week, the first month, but then, you know, you're human. So, all that comes out and the longer you're together, the the deeper you get to know this person. And of course, you know, that might come with some not so happy things. Um, and just remember, your partner is a flawed individual, as I mentioned earlier, because we all are. We're human beings. That's our nature. So you know, that that's it. I mean, there's, there's no other explanation. And it's definitely not fair to hold them to this standard because I don't know about you. But I would hate to be held responsible for someone else's happiness, especially when I can barely figure mine out. You know, like when you think about that, I think about, you know, everything I do for my happiness, every, you know, yeah, just everything that I do daily that helps me to grow and helps me to be my best self. So, you know, that takes effort and it takes time. So on top of that, to have to be responsible to help and grow and encourage and everything else, you know, someone else besides myself and to make sure that what I'm doing is going to make them happy. That's, that's not going to be easy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so we have to be able to take responsibility for our emotions. One of my favorite quotes is the only thing you can really control is how you react to the things out of your control. Let me repeat that. The only thing you can really control is how you react to the things out of your control. So your reactions, all right, that's the one thing. How you react to what happens to you, it, that's the only thing you can control. You can't control what happens to you, but just how you react to that. So it's so important that we each understand that we can't control what others say or what they do or any of that. But we most definitely can control the way we react to it all. That is a for sure a fact. This is something I constantly remind my kids because especially my little guy, he's eight and my oldest is 13 and my oldest is very playful and 
you know, he's your typical when you think, oh, he's just being a boy. Yeah, he's 13, though, so he is a teen. And he still, you know, acts like a kid. I mean, he is. And he plays around and he pokes, you know, my, my youngest. And he makes comments and he, you know, will make fun of him sometimes. And my youngest, he just gets so upset. So, so upset. And I'm always pulling him to the side and just asking him to take a breath. Just breathe a little you know, and just to understand that he can't control what his brother says or does, but he can control the way he reacts to it. And I say, you know, ignore him or talk to him later, or come talk to me and, you know, I'll talk to him. So again, he can't control what his brother does because trust me, if he could control what his brother does, he would have by now figured it out. But he can't. None of us can. So I'm constantly reminding you know him about that. And I'm also, with all three of them, just reminding them that outside in the real world, once they get out of their house, you know, they're not going to like everyone. Not everyone's going to be nice to them. Not everyone is going to care for them. Not everyone is going to do some, you know, what's best for them. And they have to understand that they can't control anyone else but themselves. Their reactions, what they do, what they don't do, that that's all. And I think that's really important for each and every single one of us to understand. And my husband's favorite thing to say all the time is control what you control. <laughs> And I completely agree. Control what you can control should be like tattooed somewhere where we can see it or posted or, you know, with some with a marker, you know, written somewhere where we can see it constantly. Just as a reminder for us not to freak out, for us to not to stress about things that we have no control over. So when we enter a new relationship or if you're in one right now, how about we accept a challenge? All of us. Number one. Commit to the idea that your partner is not responsible for your happiness. Okay, commit to the idea that your partner is not responsible for your happiness. And number two, commit to the idea that you are not responsible for your partner's happiness. So let's not forget about that because I feel like, you know, I've been, you know, mentioning and talking um, over the last few minutes about the fact that it's not anyone else's responsibility to make you happy, but it's also not your responsibility to make them happy. And I feel like there's a lot of control issues in relationships because of that. And because a lot of us are people pleasers, we want to make sure that we are doing something that's going to make that person you know, feel good, feel happy. And when they're not happy, we sometimes take it upon ourselves Um even without them not making us responsible, we make ourselves responsible to make them happy, to, you know, make sure that they're not upset. And it's not our responsibility. You know, it's issues that they have. Just like when we get upset, it's our personal issues a lot of times. It's not so much what someone does. It's how we are reacting to that. And the way we react to something, it's based on our experiences. It's based on everything that we have inside of us that you know, has happened in the past, maybe. And that has helped us, you know, be who we are today. And the reactions that we have are based on our past. So accepting this challenge and taking this commitment, it can help, you know, all of us to take that responsibility of the way that we feel. And it's hopefully going to motivate each of us to personally do something about it. So I read online recently that a study showed that only 33% of Americans describe themselves as quote unquote very happy. Okay, so only 33% are very happy according 
to their description, to themselves. So that means that a lot of not very happy people are walking around everywhere. And maybe, you know, we can help change that. Maybe we're one of the ones that's walking around and we would not consider ourselves as being very happy. So instead of just checking off a box that says, you know, no, I am not very happy. How about we do something about it? How about we take some responsibility and we say, you know what? Life is too dang short to just sit here and not be happy because we can be, you know, just like we can be unhappy. We can also try to help ourselves be more happy and do, you know, do what might help with that. So um, let's understand that being very happy doesn't mean that, you know, you have to have it all figured out or that, you know, you never have some not so happy times. It just means that they are, you know, that you're committed to doing something about you know, what's going on around yourself, around, around you, sorry, and understand that, you know, you can't control everything that happens, but you can control your reaction. And that is for sure something that you have that power over. You know, sometimes I think we see happy people and we just assume, you know, that everything is great, that they have no problems, that they have, that there's no challenges behind the scenes, that, you know, everything is great. Everything is great all the time. And I'll tell you, that's definitely not the truth. I think that's a big, big problem right now, especially with social media. You know, everyone in social media, of course, we don't post all our junk. At least I don't. And most of the people that I know, I don't see them posting all their junk. They might post about all that stuff after they've overcome that specific challenge or, you know, crisis or situation in their life but most people don't post about it during that season but we do post all the happy things like oh my husband I went on a date night and you know we're so happy and he's my favorite person and blah 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 (laughs) you know but we're not gonna talk about everything else and sometimes there is a lot of stuff happening underneath all the happy posts and all the you know positivity so a lot of people that are very happy you know they have stuff going on but they are doing something about it and they're not just staying stuck they're not just saying I'm unhappy I'm going to pretend that I am happy and I'll just kind of go about myself and just live this way you know and just accept it most people that are very happy it's because they've had things happen They have not accepted to just stay unhappy. They have chosen to do something about it. So let's talk about some things that we can do that can hopefully increase our happiness. And then at the end, I'll share with you some of the things that I've done that have helped increase my happiness and have helped to grow me into a better version of myself. So number one, daily meditation slash prayer. That is a huge one, in my opinion. So, yeah, let's. I'll talk about what I do. But anyways, um, daily meditation and prayer, just taking that time to quiet down. Sometimes we, you know, we're so busy being busy that we don't take time to just sit down, meditate, just quiet down, and just allow our cups to be filled up again. So that's one. Number two, gratitude exercise. This is one of my favorite things. Um, Keeping a gratitude journal is something that I do. You know, being grateful. It's very difficult to be 
sad, unhappy, when you have a grateful heart. And one of the things that you can do is just, you know, grab any notebook. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Literally, you can just grab a spiral notebook and write down five, ten things that you're extremely grateful for. You know, if you do ten, maybe you can do five really big ones and five not so big ones. You know, the big ones can be, you know, your family, your kids' health, your health, having a roof over your head, um, whatever, just big things. And then maybe half of those or so the other five can be smaller things like, um, I'll give you an example. We went for parent-teacher conferences the other day and the my youngest uh, teacher said how he was just, if he just had, if she just had the whole class be just like him, that she would be a very happy teacher. So, you know, something small, I mean, it's big, but something that just was said you know, this teacher just kind of said it and I was just very grateful. That was one of the things on my gratitude journal the next day. I was grateful for, you know, the comment or the compliment that my son's teacher gave him and that he was a leader and that he never had, she never had to worry about him, you know, doing his work, that he always did the right thing even when she wasn't watching. So, you know, it almost made me tear up or kind of did <laughs> because, you know, it's just, it's great. It's great to hear those kind of things about your kids because you love them and you're trying to do your best. And when someone, you know, when they are doing something great and they, you know, it's recognized, it just, you feel very, very proud. So that's something small that you could be grateful for. Something else is, you know, someone smiled or someone let you cut in front of them you know like let's say you were at the grocery store and you were in a hurry and you had only like one or two items and this person in front of, in front of you had a cart full of stuff and they're like hey like do you want to go in front of me and you're like oh my gosh yes thank you because I'm in a hurry and just that little act of kindness you know you can be grateful for that so gratitude exercises number one it's going to help you see a lot of good stuff that's happening around you among some of the not so good and then the second thing it can do, it can help you look for the good stuff. Because if you know that you have to write this down the next day, then you're going to look for those things. I um, absolutely love listening to Rachel Hollis. Um, I read her two books. I listened to a podcast. I, you know, I'm, I'm connected with her online via social media. So one of the things that she does uh, that she challenges us to do for the last 90 days of the year is something called five to thrive and one of the five things that she recommends for us to do for the last 90 days of the year to start the year strong and not just started just started on January 1st by setting our intentions and our goals on December 31st but to go ahead and you know, 90 days before October 1st to start setting those intentions, to start setting those goals, start working towards those goals. So you like you could take off running, you know, by the time like you would have been so advanced by January 1st if you started 90 days before that date. So one of the things that she encourages, as I mentioned earlier, is, you know, gratitude exercise of writing down five small things that you're grateful for every single day. And that's the main thing she talks about is the fact that it's going to help you look for the stuff for the little things every single day. It's going to help you focus on the good stuff among the not so good stuff. So that's a uh, second thing that we can do to increase our ha happiness. Um, third thing is practice a positive attitude. 
you know, don't be easily discouraged by unfavorable circumstances, by bad things that happen, because it's not always as bad as it looks. Just like it's not always as good as it looks, it's very often not as bad as it looks, especially if you are choosing to look for the good in that. Expect good things and good things happen. It's, you know, we we have our, our attitude, our the, our thoughts, you know, they say what you think about, you bring about. That's something I've heard for years. What you think about, you bring about. What you speak about, you bring about. We we call onto things and we call them into, you know, reality, into manifestation in our lives. And we don't understand that. I think very often because I've, I've, I hear people constantly, you know, just talking very negatively. And yes, that's kind of what's going to happen. It's like, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> and that's just, again, same thing. So look for the good, even in the most terrible experiences, the most terrible things that happened to you. I'm going to share a quick story about when my dad passed away. He passed away when I was about between eight and nine years old, and he passed away in a car accident. Um, we were from Mexico, and we traveled to Durango, Mexico. He It was during the summer. He dropped us off, and then he came back, or he went back home, which we used to live in Anaheim, California, and he drove back home. He was going to work for, I think, a month, if I remember correctly, and then drive back and meet us out there again and I think spend like a week or two, and then you know we would drive, all of us would drive back together. So on the way to Mexico to... Uh, I guess, reunite with us. Um, he had a car accident, literally about 15, 20 minutes away from where we were at. So it was very, very close. And he passed away, um, which is a terrible, terrible thing, you know, to happen to anyone. Um, I was only eight, nine years old. So I vaguely remember, you know, everything that happened. I mean, it's, it's almost, it's sad to say, but I don't remember too much of life with him. I remember, you know, life pretty much almost always without him. So my mom in her early 30s became a widow and she went through hell and back, I'm sure. I mean, when I turned 30-ish and I was already married, I had kids, um, we went to, to Mexico on vacation my mom, I'm sorry, not on vacation because someone passed away. My mom and um, I had my, my fr- no, actually I was a mom of just my oldest. So I had my little guy with me. He was uh, maybe six months old and we drove by the area of where my dad passed away and where he had the car accident. And um, I remember just crying and just thinking of how it would feel, you know, to lose my husband at that point in time. And again, I, you know what? I was not in my 30s. I was in my mid-late 20s when I had my son, my oldest son, and when this happened. And I remember just, you know, kind of panicking a little and just imagining how my mom felt, you know, everything that went through her mind. Um, because she went from, you know, having a husband who, who loved her, who cared about her. Um, sorry. <laughs> get a little emotional but she went from having all that you know a huge support system someone who would take care of her in so many different ways I mean he loved her they loved each other so much and he was just gone in a split second he was gone and that I remember you know after we found out he passed away and um 
they came to to the the little pueblo the, the rancho we call it the, it was a little town that that we were at at my grandparents house waiting for my dad to arrive I remember we um someone came in the middle of the night and you know gave us the news and my mom left and you know it was all chaotic but later on I remember thinking and this is a crazy thought and I have no clue where it came from I mean I can just I'm just gonna say it was a god thought for sure instead of freaking out and panicking and just being extremely sad which I was but one of one of my thoughts was you know I thank God that he passed away away from us and that we didn't see him pass away in front of us and let me explain that um he was coming because we had something called a coleadera so i know that's gonna make no sense to you if you have no clue what that is <laughs> but it's basically you get on a horse you run um behind a ball i think and you grab it by the tail and you're trying to um make it fall if that makes sense so anyways long story short it's pretty dangerous um now you know that I think about it um or back then when I thought about it, it's pretty dangerous and you know people have gotten hurt and have even passed away because of that sport I guess we'll call it so my thought was what if you know God said so he's either gonna you know, have a terrible accident and pass away in front of his wife and kids, or, you know, this is going to happen. He's going to have a car accident. He'll pass away. And of course, they'll find out about it. Of course, they'll be sad, but they won't be traumatized by watching, you know, their husband, their dad, you know, everything unfold right in front of their face. So even at eight and a half, almost nine years old, this is what I was thinking. And it's wild to me that even at that age, I was looking for something positive in the middle of such a tragic, tragic life experience. So that's what I mean when I say look for the good, even in the most terrible experiences, because I can guarantee you that there is something good or positive that you can pull out of it. God can use the most terrible situation in your life for your good. And for his glory, I promise you that because I've lived it for years. <laughs> so number four, thing number four, thing number four, that sounds weird. Uh, yeah, but I guess it is a thing, the number four thing that you can do or that we can do to increase our happiness. And that is to let go of control. So raise your hand if you are kind of a control freak, <laughs> because if you're raising your hand, so am I. Yep, I can be a little bit of a control freak, especially in my house with my husband and my kids. Um, so we can be best friends now because we both know and we both understand each other. <laughs> but have you ever seen um, an internet meme that says, don't worry, nothing is in control. So don't worry about anything because nothing is in control. It's one of my favorite memes because a lot of us, you know, do have an issue with a little bit of, you know, control. And this kind of just makes a funny joke about the fact that even when we think we're in control we really are not <laughs> so letting go of control doesn't mean that you don't care it just means that you sometimes you know will just need to go with it that sometimes you just you know let it happen like 
whatever it's okay of course there's some times where you you know want to have everything not sometimes but you always want to have you know be, be prepared um you know just kind of do the stuff that you know you can do because when you do all that I feel like when things kind of get out of control then your reaction might be a little bit better than if your life is always chaotic and now something else happened. So I'll end with sharing what I've done um, over the last, I don't even know, 10, 15 years um, that have helped me take that responsibility for my own happiness. So number one, prayer. Prayer is a huge one. Why? Because my faith has helped me overcome so many different things. Like even, you know, as young as eight and a half years old with my dad's death, you know, to most recently, my mom's death, you know, two years ago, just holding on to the fact that, you know, I I know where they're going. I know that everything at the end of the day will work out for the best, Um, regardless of what I'm feeling at the moment, that that too shall pass. So prayer is a huge one. I started out with just doing five minutes, maybe when I would read a devotion, it was literally like, a paragraph long and now I do go to prayer every morning for anywhere between 30 to 30 minutes to an hour and I feel like this for me it's such a strong foundational tool that I use to stay grounded and to be happy because yeah it, it makes me happy <laughs> um, gratitude journal I do write down at least five things I'm grateful for every single day and again just going back to what I mentioned earlier it helps me to focus on all the good stuff that happens so I can be sure that I remember them remember those things or those situations or those little moments the next day so I can write them down number three positive attitude and honestly I cannot take credit for having a positive attitude I've always had it so I just feel like it's God's God's gift to me and I'm very very grateful for it extremely grateful because it has helped me through some of the toughest you know, times in my life, just to have a positive, positive attitude and to look for the good, even in the most terrible situations. And last but not least, letting go of control. Yeah, I'm kind of known in my family as I could be a control freak, but I also just kind of don't care. Not that I don't care, but again, I let go of control and I understand that there is a lot a lot, a lot that I cannot control and I'm okay with it and it's okay. And I just simply take responsibility for the things that I can control so that I don't freak out and stress and get sick over the things that I can never control. So that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, please review and subscribe to the podcast share it to anyone that you think might be blessed by the information that you know was shared today on the podcast and tune in because next week i'll be uh, recording or posting uh, episode number three so love you guys and have an awesome day know that you are loved know that you have that choice to be happy and take that responsibility and go ahead and do the things that can make you a little bit more happy every single day and that will contribute to you being one of the 33% that is very happy. And hopefully we will together increase that number because that is too dang low 
because again, we live one time. We have one life to live. So let's live it out loud. Let's go full on out and let's not waste any time because we just don't have enough of it. All right. Have an awesome day.